Let's get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show. Hosted by Brian Baldinger. This is the best football show. I'm your host, Brian Baldinger, at Baldy NFL. You can find me on on Twitter, uh, X, whatever it is, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Anyways, um, today is Wednesday, November 15th. And I just uh, had returned from the New York Jets where myself and Bart Scott did a podcast and did a bunch of stuff for the Robert Sala show and did some breakdowns on Sauce Gardner last, uh, you know, last weekend against Devontae Adams and some players. So we, we, we did a lot up there. We were up there for a couple hours. But obviously, you know, they're getting ready to play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo on Sunday afternoon late game, 425 kick. And I feel like this game kind of separates whoever loses this game. I think we can almost say goodbye to them. Like, I don't know. There's always time. You know, there's there's a lot of games left. There's seven games left for most schedules, most teams right now, seven games remaining. So, in theory, even if you lost this week, you could still win six more and you could be in the playoffs. So, it's to say that they're eliminated, I don't want to go that far, but it's going to be hard. They're going to be in a deep crypt. So, look, the big news coming out of Buffalo yesterday is, you know, Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator there who took over when Brian Dable became the head coach uh, of the New York Giants, guided him to a playoffs last year. Obviously a disappointing loss against Cincinnati, but, you know, a team that's lost two in a row to Cincinnati and, you know, lost to Denver at home, they're reeling. And Sean McDermott made a, you know, a big decision. I believe it's uh, sometimes you got to just do things to shake up. I think Ken Dorsey is far from – the only problem in Buffalo right now, but sometimes you fire a coach, um, an assistant coach, a coordinator. Uh, you release a player just to shake things up. Go, we can't stay the course. It's not working. Now, if you go deeper inside the issues with the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they, they turn it over four times, um, you know, against Denver on Monday night. Uh, there was the first play of the game, James Cook had the ball ripped out of his hands by Jaquan Williams or Jaquan McMillian, um, you know, a ball went right through, Gabe Davis's hands into the waiting arms of Justin Simmons. Perfect throw. Josh Allen threw a bad interception, and Josh Allen and James Cook fumbled a, a handoff. That should never happen. And so is that the coordinator's fault? You know, they ran for 200 yards. I thought they ran the ball as well with Latavius Murray and James Cook as they've run it all year, and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to run the ball better, but they turned it over four times. And so um, it just keeps it keeps showing up. Now if they kick, you know, if they don't have twelve men on the field, they will let's, you know, uh, you know they they miss the field goal, they win the game, you know, and you get another shot at the field goal and they make it and they win. So, but that's that's life in the NFL when you're losing and the expectations are high and you're in front of that Bills mafia where every seat is sold and they've been in those seats since Saturday afternoon getting ready for Monday night, and you lose. And the expectations are you're a playoff team with a, you know, with a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback and a good defensive system that you should be a playoff team and you should win playoff games. That's just the expectations. They don't look like any of that right now. Uh, And so Joe Brady comes in and, you know, maybe the offense clicks and things work. But last week um, it wasn't. Very dynamic. Wasn't good against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, they got beat up front. Um, you know, the defensive front of Cincinnati was better than Buffalo's. So here they are at five and five. 
And here comes the New York Jets, who just they, – they've scored eight touchdowns in nine games, like they, ten games, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's terrible. They've gone ten quarters without scoring a touchdown. It's unheard of. Um, the Jets, you know, I was just up there. They just had a, a team meeting on their day off yesterday, which is unheard of. Teams have team meetings, closed-door team meetings all the time, not on their day off. Like, you, I, I've never heard of that. So the team came in on their day off to kind of, okay, what are we going to do to turn the season around? So instead of firing a coach, the, the players put it on themselves, which probably is the right thing to do. Maybe it's just up to the players. Because I always feel like if you want to be a great player, you can do it in spite of bad coaching, in spite of a bad, you know, a, a poor position coach. If you want to be a great player, you'll figure out a way to be a great player. So I kind of feel like what the Jets did, because you could have easily said, okay, Nathaniel Hackett's the problem, um, and said, you know, you know, they said he was the problem in Denver. I didn't believe it. I don't believe he's the problem now. But you could say that in Robert Sala, if they fired him, Jet fans wouldn't be happy. Um, I don't know how the players would feel about it. But the players said, this is on us. I think C.J. Mosley – you know, even the young guys, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, um, you know, guys have been around. Quentin Jefferson. Um, I think, you know, Dalvin Cook, even though he's new to the team, I think the veterans on the team say, look, let's just block out all the noise. Let's not listen to anything. Let's come in on our day off, and let's just say it's on us to all play better and to make more good things happen. So it's kind of like, to me, from the outside looking in, two different, way, two different ways of trying to solve the same issue, which is getting on track to winning games. Because ultimately, winning is the, it's the best deodorant. All that stuff is true. But nothing beats winning in this business. That's what it's all about. Not, I really tell you, like, there's no moral victories. And that's true. There isn't. Doesn't matter if you play well and lose. It's about wins and losses. And both teams are real. Both teams are coming off bad losses. And so one team said, we'll fire a coordinator. We'll elevate another player, another coach, who was a failed coordinator in Carolina with Matt Rule, but won a national championship with Joe Burrow at LSU. That's how he got a coordinator's job. So two different ways of trying to get on track. Because honestly, this – Week 11 begins like Thanksgiving week. And Thanksgiving to me, for as long as I've been in this business since 1982, was the time where you had to make your dash for the cash. It was the stretch run. Okay, the leaves have turned color. The leaves have fallen. The frost is on the pumpkin. It's now time to start stacking wins. So I can't wait to see how this game plays out. It's going to be cold. It's going to be dark. Um you know, it's going to be football weather if you play in the AFC East. It just is. So how do you handle the elements? How do you handle all that stuff? I don't know what the weather is, uh, where it's going to be, but we know what it can be in Orchard Park, New York, in, you know, late November. So that's what they're going to get. So I think the outcome of this is going to, you know, the winner is right back in the race. They're right back in the playoff hunt. They're in the hunt to who knows what happens with the Raiders and the Miami Dolphins this weekend. Uh, Miami coming off a bye, and do they right the ship after losing to Kansas City and Frankfurt, all that stuff. But regardless, a playoff berth 
for either Buffalo or the Jets, I think, is at stake here. If who it depends on who wins. Uh, the Jets have had success against Buffalo. They beat them first game of the season this year. They took the ball away four times. They had a big punt return at the end to win it. Um, they beat the, the Buffalo Bills last year by running the ball really well. The Jets made a big move uh, yesterday. They released Michael Carter, who was the backup running back, you know, third running back behind Dalvin and behind Brees Hall. And they're going to open up a spot for Izzy Abanaconda. And if you don't know him, he was a mid-round pick at a pit, showed a lot of explosion uh, in preseason, but he hadn't gotten on the field yet. Got hurt in preseason, uh, hasn't been active. Well, Izzy's going to get active, and Izzy's nickname is Izzy Gets Busy. And sometimes you just got to put the ball in young guys' hands. They don't know what they don't know. They just rely on their talent and their instincts and their skill. And who knows? Maybe Izzy pops one or two the way, let's say, Keaton Mitchell has in Baltimore the last two weeks, the way Devon Achain has done in Miami the first half of the season. You just don't know. You don't know until you put the ball in their hands and let them go. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I mentioned uh, during this little spiel here that, you know, the Raiders are going to Miami this weekend. And the Raiders, yesterday, I had the pleasure of sitting down and doing a 20-minute podcast with Max Crosby. And I've known Max since his rookie year. And I've done literally a, a, a bonus breakdown on him every week since his fourth game of his rookie season. Just because I haven't seen a player that plays as hard as Max Crosby in this business. I haven't seen a player improve as much as Max Crosby has in this business. And he is what anybody can be if they basically commit every part of their life. And him talked about his wife and all the things that he did um, during the pandemic and how he, you know, turned his life around, stopped drinking, cold, like just stopped. Uh, you know, he's had a little baby in between, all that stuff that's happened. He's turned his life around, but he's turned all of his life around. And it's just commitment to being a Raider for life, to be the best Raider ever, to make every Raider that's ever played the game proud, and to be the very best that he can be. And all he thinks about is getting better every day. And he's talked about, like, I go full speed every day in practice. A walkthrough, guys hate me. It's a love-hate affair for Max. Like, he attacks every single play in every single drill full speed. He comes out. He's all taped up. His ankles are taped. Like, he on a walkthrough, he's, he's going like it's game day. And it shows. So I asked him, though, you know, sort of at the end, after kind of getting his more – like, the way he has morphed into this. To me, he's as good of – like, I don't know who's going to win the defensive player of the year. There's a lot of candidates. We'll get into it as the season goes on on this podcast. You know, Miles Garrett and, you know, T.J. Watt, the usual suspects. But, you know, you can't have that conversation without talking about Max Crosby. And nobody plays more snaps. Nobody has more tackles from the end position, all that stuff. But, you know, I asked him, is there enough in the Raider locker room? And I told Max, talk to Raider Nation here, Max. Is there enough in this locker room? to continue the winning ways. And he categorically said, yes, we have enough in the room. And so whether it's Robert Spillane or, you know, some of the guys up front um, that are playing well, or guys, Trayvon Morgan on the back end, or Marcus Epps, or Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and the rookie Aiden O'Connell, like they believe 100% in their new coach, Antonio Pierce. Like he's a Raider. And I think 
a lot of the guys in the team embrace being a Raider. And that means being different than probably 31 other teams, the way you approach your business. And the Raiders have always been outlaws and proud of it. And so that's, they got their work cut out for them to go into Miami in the heat. And uh, I don't know, the weather's terrible down there today and probably will be tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to be like this weekend, but you know, it's going to be humid. And you know, the, the Dolphins are getting healthy and they are um, going to get a Devon chain back at running back and they have a week off. They're rested. And so the defense will be as healthy as it's been all year with Ramsey and Zayvon Howard and Javon Hall. So all that. But in this business, it's about this. It's about playing as United one. And two weeks in a row against weak competition, the Giants and Jets, they have found ways. And they are putting the ball in their leader's hands. They're putting the ball in Josh Jacobs' hands. He's got 53 rushes over the last two games. Um, he busted a 40-yard run to set up the game-winning touchdown. Aiden O'Connell, you know, their fourth-round pick out of Purdue through to their rookie tight end to, to win the game for them last week. So the young guys are stepping up. I can't wait to watch how the Raiders handle the Dolphins. I don't think the, the Dolphins are going to run them out of the gym. I think there is something to Antonio Pierce and what he's doing. I do think there's a big talent gap between the two teams. But sometimes uh, pride and effort and belief and commitment and all those things that football preaches and teaches – some of those things matter. And all of a sudden, the ball pops loose. And all of a sudden, Max Crosby turns the corner and gets the ball from Tua. Uh, all those things can happen. And Josh Jacobs takes one to the house the way he has done over the last two years. And Devontae Adams says, you know what? Maybe Tyreek Hill isn't the best receiver in football. Maybe it's still Tay. So that's what I have today on November 15th. Jets, Bills, after being in the Jets training facility all morning and listening to, you know, a lot of the, the, the chatter that's going on amongst everybody in the building, what they've done this week, what Buffalo's done, and then, you know, my time with Max Crosby, which is, you can catch, you know, on my podcast, the All City Network. So anyways, um, that'll be out there on social media. You can see that. But that's that's it for today. I I can't wait to join you tomorrow as we start to preview week 11 and what's going to happen in the charm city between Cincinnati and Baltimore. Thanks for joining me, everybody.